Hello, and welcome to the Get Transformed podcast of Transformation Christian Fellowship. We are so excited that you're tuning in, and we hope that you will be empowered and transformed by the Word of God. Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. Wow. Um, two verses for your reading this morning, and we'll see where God takes us in this conversation. I'm interested to see where this goes, because um, let's just see where it goes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, Acts chapter 1, verse 6 and 7, and it reads, Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Verse 7 says, And he said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. I want to read verse 6 and 7 one more time. It says, And he said, I mean, therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Verse 7 says and he said to them it is not for you to know times or seasons which the father has put in his own authority i want to talk and have a conversation with you this morning from a thought it's a question that i've been asking god when will it be time when will it be time put in the chat section Say, when will it be time? When will it be time? It's a tongue twister. <laughs> when will it be time? All right. So prayerfully, this, this goes somewhere. I, I don't plan on being long before you, but I just want to put this out there in this thought. Okay. When will it be time? Ladies and gentlemen, I just want to strike you straight to uh, what's going on contextually. Um, we are, and then I'll segue into um, hopefully connecting this all for us. Um, so we're here in the book of Acts. Acts, ladies and gentlemen, uh, is written by Luke. Um, it is written by Luke. Luke, uh, we, we call him Dr. Luke, not the dude who sung those um, uh, songs or anything like that, as we know of today. But Luke was a doctor. That was who he was by trade. And um, uh, we understand that about him. However, I would like to say that Luke is... Uh, is also who I would like to call the historian of the church. He's the almost like the historian of the church because the book of Acts, ladies and gentlemen, um, is a book rights to Theophilus. Now, there's many talks about who Theophilus could be, that he, he's a friend of God or a person of high rank, um, but he wrote to him in his gospel. Now he's writing to him here in the book of Acts. Acts, ladies and gentlemen, can be called the Acts of the Apostles or the Acts of the Holy Spirit because it is really an Acts where we see uh, the very birth of the church and the expansion of the church that came through intense persecution. So we understand that here about my man uh, Luke being a historian. He's showing us uh, really uh, how the church got started. But here in this text, he, uh, he makes a mention in chapter one, and I've preached it many a times, but these two verses is what's got, what has really um, 
kind of illuminated something for me, and I wanted to share it this morning. Because normally I go to, I'll preach verse 8, and then I've preached the first three uh, verses. And it talks about how Jesus, during this time, was showing infallible proofs of his resurrection. And so this is dealing with post uh, when Jesus was on the earth, post-resurrection, and so he spent 40 days, 40 days, he was showing infallible proofs. That means concrete evidence of his resurrection. Now, the 12 was not the only ones, well, 11 at this time, were not the only ones who saw him. There were other disciples that saw him as well. Matter of fact, there are some secular um, secular. Uh, um, uh, uh, writers at the time, um, and if you do your research, that would say that there was a big commotion going on in Jerusalem at this time. And so Jerusalem was a hot spot because they because there's news like, oh, snap, he didn't got up. This, <laughs> this Jesus guy, <laughs> I thought we killed him, and that wasn't the case. And so Jerusalem, ladies and gentlemen, Jesus is telling them, hey, I need you to go to Jerusalem and I want you to wait there. Matter of fact, that instruction is very dangerous because during this time, the, you know, their lives were on the line. That's why they left out in the first place. However, he was shown infallible proofs, meaning concrete evidence of his resurrection. There's eye key witnesses of seeing Jesus. He was not in ghost form. He was in his glorified body. Matter of fact, his body could be touched. He told Thomas, "Hey, put your hands where they where they where they put where uh, put your hands, you know, in my hand where you can see the nail." And so he, there's people who can attest that Jesus got up. Right. The other thing that I would like to show you is is that uh, in in the earlier verses that Jesus uh, was preaching or continuing to preach about the kingdom. He didn't just start preaching at the kingdom post-resurrection. He was preaching about the kingdom of God all of this time, right? He was preaching about the kingdom all of this time. And so with all of that, what he was saying, and as they were assembled, they, there are some people that say that the verses 6 and 7 was a separate event that was outside, ladies and gentlemen, of the other people that may have saw him. It was more so of an intimate thing. That's what some, that some scholars would say. I'm not here to wrestle or debate that this morning. I just want to get to what God showed me in these two verses. So in this particular moment, Jesus had been preaching about the kingdom. And so uh, in the apostles' mind at the time, ladies and gentlemen, uh, uh, at, the, at the time, you know, they've been hearing about the kingdom. And so they've gained some understanding with Jesus. They gained they gain a little bit more understanding as it pertains to Jesus. And, and now with Jesus being resurrected, you know, he, he, he got up. This thing is for sure, you know, Jesus spoke to them about the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And what they, what they could connect was is that the Holy Spirit under this new covenant, now that Jesus rose, now they can connect the fact, well, okay, now that's a part of the end time. So now Jesus, so he going to definitely set up his kingdom now. So while we thought the apostles have came a long way with Jesus, it's still this popular thought or this popular notion among the Jews that still his, his coming would be it more, uh, more political than what it is spiritual. They're still trying to politicize what they have just witnessed yeah. to make you feel like, okay, he's about to, he's going to set this thing up. 
And this is why they didn't ask the question in verse 6. Put verse 6 up there for me. And I want to show you something that they asked this in the present tense. They're not speaking of a future event. They're speaking of it in the present tense. They said, therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you? They didn't say when. They said, will you at this time restore the kingdom? They're asking him, will you, present tense, at this time, since you are up, Cool, we about to reign with you. We about to take this whole thing over. They're saying, at this time, will you restore the kingdom to Israel? Will you do that? Will, will we finally be able to take over what from, um, from, uh, 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 from Rome? Will we finally be able? They were looking at the reign uh, of reigning with him by taking over in the sense of where the political climate was at the time, where Rome was the superpower, and that's not what Jesus was teaching them. That's not what Jesus was really saying to them. He was trying to move them from it being politicized in the physicality of him in this first coming to let them know that it's not so much in the, ladies and gentlemen, and the uh, it's not so much in that I'm coming to set up a kingdom in the initial thing. No, my kingdom, ladies and gentlemen, and a part of my kingdom is to have you guys, uh, the way that we're going to go about empowering, ladies and gentlemen, and really taking back is in the spiritual sense. Yeah. Where you're going to get empowered by the Holy Spirit because they understand the commission. The commission is going through all the world and preach the gospel. You know what I'm saying? Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so what he's showing them, ladies and gentlemen, he does not rebuke them for the question. He doesn't rebuke them. There's nothing wrong with There's nothing. He didn't rebuke them for the question. He just kept it on what it needs to be on. Because the truth of the matter is, ladies and gentlemen, when will be time, it's not necessarily that it's about when I'm going to necessarily do something. It's about what I'm about to do through you that's going to shake up the kingdom of this world. It's what I'm going to do through you to shake up the kingdom of this world. But the only way you can do it, that's why he said in verse 8 to them, but you shall receive. Power when the Holy Spirit shall come upon you. All right? Hey, everyone. This is Brandon Hill, the senior pastor here at Transformation Christian Fellowship, along with my lovely wife, Leticia. And on this Giving Tuesday, we want you to partner with us for our Only Believe campaign. Absolutely. Your contributions will help us to expand our outreach locally yes. and nationally. And it will also help us to finish the renovations at our new location. Please make a spiritual investment today, whether you praying for us or sharing the post, but most importantly, giving a monetary donation to our campaign that will help us connect more lives to the transforming power and love of Jesus Christ. Remember, transformation starts here. But here's what I really want to get to, ladies and gentlemen, right? Is verse, is, so they asked the question in verse 6. I promise you I'm about to end. Verse 6, they ask, he asks him a question. He says, watch me. He says, all right, they say to Jesus, like, hey, when are you going to restore the kingdom? When are you going to restore it? And in verse 7, Jesus says to them, 
He says, put it up on there for me. It says that it is, and he says, it is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. Ladies and gentlemen, what there what this whole premise is about is a future event. This is talking about eschatology. Matter of fact, Paul told told the church in Thessalonica because there were many false prophets that were rising and saying Jesus is going to come back this time. And in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 1, he also tells them the same thing. <laughs> he also tells them it is not up for us to know the times or the seasons. He says the same thing there, ladies and gentlemen, that there are certain things, ladies and gentlemen, that belongs to God. Deuteronomy 29, verse 29, I shared it with you uh, on Tuesday night as the premise of when we're talking about the Trinity, that the secret things belong to God. That the secret things belong to God. Matter of fact, even in Mark, where Jesus stated, whereas though that no one knows the time. No one knows the time. Not the angels, not even the son knows the time. In which the father will release the son to, to bring those who've believed on him with him back, you know, back uh, in heaven we don't know it but here's what I'm saying here while this is speaking of a future time because even Paul said listen none of us know the hour in, in, in first Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 1 and 2 and I told you that the day that the day of the Lord will be like a thief in the night so we don't know yeah. however this is what I'm here's what I want to share with you that kind of that kind of illuminated something for me that I really did not see before. And as the Holy Spirit began to give me this, is that a lot of us are like the apostles in many ways. Because we ask this question, it said, will you, re at this time, will you restore the kingdom, uh, you know, will you restore at this time the kingdom to Israel? And while this, ladies and gentlemen, is may not be your particular question that you may ask God. A lot of us will find ourselves in the same boat trying to wonder, God, when? When will this opportunity happen? When will this open up? When will that? Ladies and gentlemen, we have to understand that Scripture teaches us how we can see in parts that God does not reveal all details. Matter of fact, Jesus gave them signs of the time, but he didn't give them the actual time of when he would appear again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there is something that we know that we can look forward to, to perceive when the day of the Lord is coming. Can I submit to you this morning that there are different signs in our own lives that we can perceive that we can perceive when God is about to do something of which he has promised us, but we don't necessarily know the how or the when. Because really, ladies and gentlemen, this is a question about time. The time, this is a, 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 a question about time. The time, when, the time is, will you do it now? 
And if you find yourself just like I, even with going through this new building stuff and all of this, God shows me something here because it feels like we've been held up and different things like that. And I've asked myself, God, when will it be time? Not only just that, but there's other things in my life. Well, some of you ask, when will I get married? When will I, when will this job promotion, when will I hear, when will I finally hear it? When will my family ever do this and ever do that? And ladies and gentlemen, my answer to those questions remains in verse 7. Because there are certain things, I'm not saying all, but there are certain things. This has everything to do that there are appointed times under God's unfolding purpose. There are what I call there are certain times in which there are that God uh, that God is using to unfold within his whole master plan that you and I are not always privy to. And what I'm telling you it's uh, this morning is you have to be okay with there certain things that God holds back under his own authority. And the reason why, ladies and gentlemen, I'm submitting this to you this morning is that I'm telling you what it is in context. This right here is in the context of them uh, 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 waiting for Jesus to finally set up his kingdom, the political aspect of it. And what God was showing, what Jesus was trying to show them is, listen, I'm using you. I'm using you to as the church in this age to call people unto myself. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's what I'm doing. But here it is, just like them, we are always wondering, okay, will it be now? Matter of fact, this question did not stop after Jesus ascended. That you can see it with the church of Thessalonica. You can see it in Philippi when Paul is talking about the very things because even they believe that Jesus would appear again in their time. Even they did. But here we have it where we must ask ourselves. You're asking yourself, when will it be time? And, I'm, and God is telling us, as Jesus says, certain things are not for you to know at this moment. Not that you won't know, but there are certain things that are under the authority of God on which his plan must take place. And here's why. Here's why. Here's why. Because a lot of us will try to cause things to happen or try to, here it is, quote unquote, manifest something. Well, you like that, huh? To try to manifest something, to manufacture something, even though you heard it from God, but you'll try to manufacture something to try to rush the timing of God. Matter of fact, let me tell you something. If, in fact, Jesus would have told them, or uh, if Jesus was under the, if Jesus had the authority to tell them exactly when his date of when his arrival would come, I would tell you they would lose heart. I would submit to you that they will lose heart and they will not go as hard as they needed to. 
Why? Because when you know something is coming ahead, some people will try to do, will, 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 will not go as hard as, and they did not, that was not the focus of that time. Yeah. You're focused on when I'm coming back, and I'm telling you, you need to be focused on receiving the Holy Spirit. Because at this moment, it is through him in which you're going to accomplish the work that I have called you and us as believers to accomplish. And for so many of us, you are trying to figure out, oh, God, when will it happen? And God is saying, listen, I don't need you focusing on something that's under my control. I don't need you playing the father. You're the child. See, that's what a lot of us, there's certain information that I am not privy to because I am a child. Because certain things that should be the concerns of a child should be concerns of a child. And the concerns of the father should be the concerns of the father. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And there are certain things that God does reserve under his own authority so that it can keep us focused on the right thing. Because for some of us, God is having you do something to continue to persevere and go through it so you can get to the thing of which he will unlock at his appointed time. I hear you, Jesus. Galatians chapter 4 verse 4 says, in the fullness of time, Jesus. Matter of fact, let me give it to you. I'm going to give it to you. Hold on. Galatians chapter 4 verse 4. I'm going to show you something. It's not there, Vernon. I'm going to show you something here. Hear me. I want to show you something because this is very vital for all of us to understand. Because the truth of the matter is all of us have the same goal. All of us ask the same thing. Here it is, Galatians 4, verse 4. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. Even there were prophets, even though they spoke of the time of when Jesus is coming, you know, when we hear about that silent period between uh, the book of um, Malachi and Matthew, people were hoping, when is the Messiah coming? Some could have lost hope. But you have to understand that God, he did not send Jesus immediately when Adam and Eve had fell. Why? Because it was not in the fullness of time. Because there are certain things that God has appointed under his unfolding purpose. The reason why he brought the law is so that the law could come and show us the error of our ways and show us the wickedness of the human heart. To show show us and to point us to a savior because there is nothing that we can do in ourselves that can save us. If we can, if we, if the law can show us God's perfect You know, perfect what he says that is perfect for morality and have us see it, ladies and gentlemen. It would make us realize that we ain't as good as we think we are. But he did that so that in the fullness of time, when we have seen what is so that the picture could be painted, he then sends Jesus. In order so that it can not only that, but it will match up to the words in which he gave, in which he gave the, the prophets of when he would come. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah. 
What I'm trying to get to through to us is that similar to the apostles, we should worry about what Jesus said in verse 7, that there are certain things. So we don't like dealing with the uncertainty. You know why a lot of us could not really don't really like the pandemic so much, including myself, because there's so much uncertainty around it. What's going to come after this? How are we going to get through this in the time of the, when is this going to be over? All of this stuff like that, all of this different things. And, and, and really, there's certain things that belongs, that, that is put under, the, uh, under his own authority. Yeah. <laughs> See, what I'm coming for this morning is our need for control. The question is not about when will it be time. The real thing about it is what you need to do within the time as you're waiting for what you're waiting on. Because the truth of the matter is, is that Jesus tells us to occupy until I, re until I come. He's not, it's not a matter. We should look for him with anticipation and expectation but while doing that, we must work the work of the Father while it is day because night is coming when no man can work. Right? And so, while it was in the fullness of time for his first coming, it will be in the fullness of time for his second. When the appointed time that God has put under his, under his plan, when he will release it. And what I'm saying to us this morning is you have to trust the father enough with you have to trust the father to the point of whatever he has under his own authority as it pertains to your life you have to know that is of good intention <laughs> that is of good intention are you hearing what I'm saying to you? You should not be caught so much on God win and all of this stuff like that. What are you doing in the meantime? How are you waiting in the meantime? TCF, it's not about a matter of when we're getting in the building or if it's us or no. We have it. The truth of the matter is, is that what are we doing in the meantime? Are you guys getting yourselves prepared so when it does get released, you got the stuff and you're going in there day one with everything with you? What are you doing? The truth of the matter is, is that Jesus did not focus their attention into this conversation and play into the political, uh, 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 into the thing that they're trying to politicize. No, what he's trying to get to them is that this is not a political matter. This is a spiritual matter. And first, we must deal with the spiritual first before we can do anything political about it. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? Are you hearing the heart of which the father is trying to share with us today? We are, it is not, it's not that you can't ask God, when will it be this? Or when will it be that? Or are you going to do this at the time? There's nothing wrong with that. But what I'm telling you is you have to trust God with what he, with the time of which he has put under his authority in which he will release a thing to you. Yes, I know this text is talking about eschatology. But this still does refer to us of how we are with Jesus. A lot of times we are like, God, win, win, win. And it's like, what are you doing right now? You are not of ready. You're not even ready for it. <laughs> you can't reign yet. 
Because you got to be, the reason why they needed to be the back baptized in the Holy Spirit is because the Holy Spirit baptizes us in the family of God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Are you hearing me this morning? The truth of the matter is, is that what you need to be asking is, well, you need to be in anticipation for the gift of the Holy Spirit. God is through him as which is going to give you and which seals you unto the day of redemption. It is him that is our guarantee, ladies and gentlemen. There is an appointed time. Put it in the chat section and say there's an appointed time. I'm coming to a close. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. I want to show you something again. To everything, there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. God does not, in, does not exist in time. We understand that time was created in the very beginning. God is not bound by time, and the way he sees time is different from us. A day, as unto the Lord, is like a thousand years. God, ladies and gentlemen, exists in eternity. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He had no beginning, and he has no end. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So here in Ecclesiastes, and it goes in, and, and, the, and the preacher, as they say, goes into, it goes into all the different times in Ecclesiastes from verse 2 through 8. But what I'm trying to tell you is, is that there are appointed times that God has put in the earth. That's why while the earth still remains, there will always be seed time and harvest time. There is a time for everything appointed in the earth. And here's the reality, ladies and gentlemen, that we have to, to, to accept and accept it by faith. There every time that is appointed, you don't know. Nor are you privy to know when the time is coming. Because the reality is it's the same way with us not knowing the time when Jesus is coming back. Because, listen, we ought to be prepared. Yeah. Heaven is a place for prepared people. And so is your opportunities. Oh, my God. You're waiting for God to open up doors and you're not even prepared for it. You're waiting for so when that appointed time does come and you still messing around with that joker uh, or you, and you're dating somebody who God didn't intend for you. And when that moment come, you missed your appointed time. There was an appointed time where God would chose to deliver, oh my God, chose to deliver the children of Israel, ladies and gentlemen. It was an appointed time. <laughs> and he told Moses in Exodus chapter 3, ladies and gentlemen, he told them like their cries have reached me and, I'm, and I've come. He said, I've come to deliver them. God allowed him to wait 400 years because in his appointed time, ladies and gentlemen, in his appointed time under his unfolding purpose, he allowed them to grow in the millions. <laughs> and in his appointed time, he knew that he would raise up Moses. Hallelujah. To come and be a redeemer of the children of Israel. Ladies and gentlemen, that was under God's appointed time. <laughs> Ooh, 
It was a moment. A, uh, it was a chaotic moment, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, that 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 the right moment in the right time made itself available. Can I show you something? I promise. Isaiah 60. It ain't there, but I'm gonna show you. I want to show you something one more time. I just want to take you in scripture to prove my point for a second. And I want I promise I'm gonna get out of your hair. What I'm saying, I'm, I'm gonna show you this. Isaiah 60. And it's verse 22. A little one shall become a thousand, and a small one a strong nation. I will hasten it in its time. Isaiah 60, 22. It says again, a little one shall become a thousand, a small one a strong nation. I, the Lord, he says, will hasten it in its time. That means that God will hasten certain things when the appointed time under his unfolding purpose says it's the time. Woo! No matter how hard I may pray sometimes, it is not going to force God to hasten certain things before it's appointed time. No matter how hard they prayed for deliverance, he did not hasten the deliverance for the children of Israel until it's appointed time. No matter how much I could complain and murmur and all of that, he said, I'm not, I'm a, he's not going to hasten it, oh my God, before his appointed time. It's an appointed time, ladies and gentlemen. And what I'm telling you is, is when you say, when will it be time? You have to accept the answer to their question. It's certain things that are under God's unfolding purpose that belongs to God. And you have to trust God. This is the matter of faith. Faith is what pleases God because it puts the ball in relying and depending on him when you don't understand and know everything. And so when you don't know everything, when you don't know when this is going to happen and when that's going to happen, the truth of the matter what God is saying, trust me with the timing that I have. <laughs> because it's under my authority. And when it's time, I'm going to hasten it. Hallelujah. Throw the vision, Terry. Oh, God, I praise you now. Wait for it. Oh, my God. Jesus, I praise you. He says, wait for it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Lamentations 3. Lamentations 3. I got to move. I hope you're getting something out of this. Lamentations 3, verse 25. It says, the Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. Listen, let me tell you something. And as you're waiting on God, he says, the Lord is good. <laughs> I got to stop there. God is good. That's who he is by nature. There is no evil found in God. So stop allowing yourself to get in a deep pity party and trying to make God seem like he's evil. There's nothing evil about God's plan. There's no evil trace oh my god in him stop allowing the enemy to put those seeds of doubt in your head as it pertains to your father yeah i know you got daddy issues i know you haven't trusted a father because of the men you've seen in your life but let me tell you something god can be trusted god can be trusted with the very affairs of your life and where one person may have fallen in your life god is able to stand up and be that for you he said he is good to those who wait. 
The Lord is good. And so what you need to know, as we are all waiting, because I can't wait for us to get back together and you and we see what God and praise God for what he's done for us at the new place. The reality is God is good to those who wait. And so this leads me, as I conclude, it leads me to saying that there is a level of humility that we must have to understand that you cannot play God when it comes down to certain things that God has under his timing. You want to know why a lot of stuff is forced? It's because we try to force things and put ourselves in time because we're tired of waiting. We do things out of our own our own being impatient and we don't allow patience to have his perfect work. My thing is to you is you ask yourself the question as I've, as have I, God, when will it be time? And Jesus spoke to, I heard it so clear last night. There's certain things, Brandon, that I have under my own authority that you, you don't, you don't need to know. All you need to do is trust that all things are working together while you don't see it all the time, where you may be growing impatient, where you may growing weary. The scripture says that that if you if you if you if you faint not, you shall reap. You shall reap if you faint not. The reality is, ladies and gentlemen, is what I'm trying to encourage us this morning. Don't you faint because you're getting impatient. With the timing of God. Don't. Because there to everything under heaven. There is an appointed time. Can I give you this testimony? My wife interviewed for a position. I'm not going to tell you the position or anything like that. My wife interviewed for this position. There was two of them. Did perfect on both interviews. We've been waiting. And, and this was all the way back in the summertime. Like August sometime. In August, she interviewed for these positions. And we have not heard not one call. And she was saying around the house, sweetie, I don't know. I don't think I may have gotten it. I don't, I don't, I mean, I haven't got no call. I haven't got nothing. Nothing came through or anything like that. I don't know. And the crazy thing is, is that she was just saying like, how, you know, I'll just trust God with whatever it is. Whatever it is, maybe that wasn't for me, and another thing may come around. And so this is all happening on this week. I told you this was back in August where they interviewed, and, and then also we got a call. They, they called her job that she's currently at. So, okay, we expecting, like, okay, any day now, we should hear something. And that was all the way back in um, September where her job got called. And so when, when that job calls your, your job that you had, normally that means you getting a job, right? That's what that means. But weeks have gone by. Months have gone by. And it's like, what is happening here? Everybody in our church, on our staff, have gotten all new jobs within the last three months and promotions and O was saying Lord whatever you're doing in this season this is what her she was saying just don't forget about me don't pass me by right 
I'm coming to, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to come to a close. Watch me. And so we didn't hear anything. And we were like, all right. Now, another job opportunity was referred to us to, 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 to go look at. But the day or two days before. This is like the day after she applied for the referral. I believe it was on Tuesday. Yeah, it was Tuesday of this of this past week. They got a tentative offer for the job that she applied for. We asked the Lord, when will it be time? You know, we got goals. We trying to build a house or get a house. What you doing? I see it. We didn't help uh, everybody else. Well, God, don't forget about my wife here. You know, I'm speaking. In, Ooh, that my school, yeah, they, boo, you, you. <laughs> doing all of that. Dude, I'm doing, I'm, I'm going in like, oh, God. Nah, 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 nah. And guess what? It is no matter. There was a perfect time for it. You got the offer, but it happened in a time where as though it allows us to finish out our obligations for the year because the start date will be in next year. What I'm trying to tell you is there is an appointed time under heaven in which we may not understand or know why certain things are happening the way they are. But at the end of the day, it's working for you. TCF, where we currently are right now, we are in a delay waiting for them to release the permits of use over our building. And I am believing that that is going to be squared away. And I've been saying, next, oh, this week is going to happen. I said it last week and the, year, and the week before. However, it has not changed God's timing. Why? Because in God's perfect will and timing, He's allowed us to pay rent-free on a building that we still have. <laughs> and reserve money to be able to get the things that we've already purchased. So by the time he allows them to release it, we already coming in day one with everything. Why is that? Because there is a certain thing under God's timing. Can I be honest with you? Yes, I'm frustrated. Yes, it's been a nuisance. Yes, it's been very irritating. Anybody around me would say I've been very annoyed by this. But I feel like my answer has come this past weekend. There are certain things, Brandon. Certain things that are under God's own authority that he knows I only saw in parts five years ago. I'm coming to a close. Five years ago, I was standing in the gathering place, our old building. Lord said, you won't be here past five years. Literally, a week or two after anniversary, I called Merritt about another property I saw. They said, yeah, that don't, that's not going to work. Let me show you one zero. Let me show you this other thing down the street around the corner. Actually, it's not even on the market or anything. It's about to be. I said, okay, cool. I'm, I'll come. It wasn't even listed. Nothing was there. Wouldn't have known. The lady directed us over there. And I stepped in. I said, God, if this be you, I need to feel your glory here. And all of us was here, and we felt him there. And the, when we got it, I asked, I prayed, God, is this the, the one that you want to do? He said, yes. 
said, do it. So I knew that five years ago, I didn't know when it will happen or when that will. But now that we're in it, now that we're in it, God is not going to pull the carpet underneath you. His job is not to discourage you. His job is to keep your focus on what it needs to be on. You need to focus while that is happening. I need, Jesus needed the disciples to focus on the gift of God, the Holy Spirit, to complete the commission on which he's called all of us to accomplish. So what am I telling you this morning? Stop worrying about deadlines, timelines. All of that. Stop worrying about it. As long as you keeping your hand to the plow and doing what you need to be in God's timing, it will open and it will not. Listen, he will hasten it in its time. When that is time for it to come, like I said, when it was time for us to when that five year market, God hastened it in his time. Now he's allowing us to wait a little second so that we can be financially in order. What I'm saying is to everything, there is an appointed time under the heavens. And our job, since we are underneath the Father, is to trust him with things that are not for us at the moment. It's not for you to know. It's not for you to know. I know that is that's speaking to your pride. It's speaking to your analytical self. Like, I can't do that, Pastor Brent, and that's why we don't live on analytics. We live by faith. Now, faith is not absent of the cognitive. There is some intellect there. And here's the intellect factual proof about it. Here it is, is that God can be trusted. What is your proof? Look at where you are now. Look at what God has done for you then. Look at where you, what, what God has, is taking you to. And you'll say to yourself, I can trust him because God is not like a man. I want you to know that now. God is not a man. He's not like us who can make a promise and break it. He's not that type of person. He's not like man that he shall lie. Neither is the son of man that he shall repent. Everything that come out of his words, ladies and gentlemen, are truth and you can take it to the bank. What do we need to do? Have faith, trust in God. The Lord is good to those who wait. He's good to those who wait. In Jesus' name, come on. Cop your hands, put in the chat section if you were blessed by this message this morning. Lord, thank you for this moment and thank you for this time. Now, God, I trust you that there's an appointed person. This is an appointed time for someone to give their life to Christ. Can I tell you the way of salvation and what salvation is all about? Salvation is realizing that you are a sinner. That there's nothing good in you without God. It's realizing the error of our ways and saying that we need Jesus. Who is, the, who is the Messiah? He is the anointed one, the one who came to save us. And so what I submit to you this morning is if you don't know Jesus, this is the perfect time to give your life to him. It is as simple as saying, hey, I'm being, I'm, I'm saved from, from this, this, this sin, this world of sin. I'm being saved from it accepting him as Lord over my life. We understand for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God 
is eternal life. And that eternal life is only through his son, Jesus. I'm going to give you Jesus right now in this moment. Don't you go off of here and you don't know who Jesus is. Tomorrow is not promised. Again, to, every, to everything under the heavens, there's an appointed time. A time for life, there's a time to die. There is an appointed time and you don't want to leave out of here. Because this was your appointed time to hear the word of truth. If you want to rededicate your life back to Christ today, you can do that. God is not condemning you. He stands with his arms open wide saying, come, come back, come back. He not going for it. You got to do that for yourself. He, he didn't go nowhere you did. Come back home. If you want to be a partner of this church, and what we mean by partner, by you have partnered with us through your gifts and your talents, and not only do, and, and, and you've submitted, un, you want to submit yourself under the covering of Transformation Christian Fellowship, you can do that as well. You can do that as well, but more importantly that I'm concerned about is that you made Jesus the Lord over your life. No longer will you be playing in the pits of hell and with Satan any longer. You can come out of that this morning, right now. So replay this prayer after me and say, Lord Jesus, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner and I'm in need of a savior. I repent of all of my sins. I acknowledge that you died on the cross, that you were buried, and that you rose again and ascended to the Father, at the right hand of the Father, just for me. Today, I'm tired of running and tired of doing this on my own. I repent and I want to make you the Lord over my life today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you said that prayer for the very first time, I need you right now to text transform to 9400. When you text that, we will show you, we will follow up with you and, and, and confirm the decision that you just made. Heaven is rejoicing for you right now. Don't you leave over here. Heaven is rejoicing for you right now. Another soul, another soul has been snatched out of the pit of hell and brought into the marvelous light. We are rejoicing with you. We are thanking God for, with you right now that your life has will never be the same in Jesus name come on clap your hands everybody hallelujah thanks for listening to the get transformed podcast we hope that you subscribe so that you can continue to be empowered by the latest podcast for more information on transformation Christian fellowship visit our website at transformationchristianfellowship.org or download our free mobile app on the app store or google play store if you would like to support this ministry, simply text TCF1 to 77977. We thank you for your generosity and for listening to the Get Transformed podcast. And remember, transformation starts here.